Happy holidays, everybody. I hope you're staying warm out there. I am recording this on what I think is going to be the coldest day of the year. Um, it's like zero degrees outside right now. I am recording this inside in a hat and a scarf. <laughs> also, I was sick last week and I'm still not 100%, so I'm sorry if I still sound a little nasally. I'm going to do my best. Um, and for this episode, I was actually researching for my other show, the Pine Overcoat Podcast, because I hadn't put out an episode there in forever. And I kept seeing that this person had all these ties to Louisville, all these visits to Louisville. Um, and I thought, what the heck, I'll turn it into a Kentucky episode. So this person is not from Kentucky, but they did spend a lot of time here, and they were in the papers every time they visited. And I thought this would be a good topic for this time of year because it's a little lighter. It's not particularly sad or gruesome. So here we go. This is the story of Alvin Shipwreck Kelly. Right off the bat, there's a discrepancy in the record of Mr. Kelly's life. According to Wikipedia and several old newspaper articles, Alvin Kelly, whose real name was Aloysius Anthony Kelly, was either born in 1885 or 1893. I'm going to go with 1893 because I did some research on my heritage and I found his draft card from World War I, and on that, it states that his birth date was May 11, 1893. So... He was born in Manhattan's Hell's Kitchen neighborhood, and his father passed away before he was even born, and his mother died in childbirth, so not off to a good start. He was adopted by a family friend, and he changed his name to Alvin, and then when he was 13 years old, he ran away to become a seaman, and the nickname Shipwreck is because he was apparently on a lot of ships that crashed, wrecked, uh, sank. And so he also claimed to be on the Titanic when it sank. I think it was actually his wife that told reporters that. But I don't have any sort of confirmation of that. Um, people have searched, obviously, the list of survivors. He's not on it. A couple people with the last name Kelly are, but they're women. So I don't think he was aboard the Titanic, but he was involved in some other shipwrecks. He was quite the jack-of-all-trades in his early years. He worked as a steeplejack, a steelworker, he was a boxer, a high diver, and he was a stunt double in movies. He was spending some time in Hollywood, and he also had his pilot's license, so he was doing some aerial stunts as well. He was in the U.S. Naval Auxiliary Reserve in World War I from May 1918 to September of 1921. He served on the USS Edgar F. Lukenbach, which made two voyages as a U.S. Navy cargo ship to France. But I'm sure you're wondering, okay, what's his connection to Kentucky? Well, as you probably put together by now, Alvin Shipwreck Kelly was a daredevil. And one of his stunts, the one that made him really famous and for a time really wealthy too, was pole sitting. He allegedly climbed his first pole when he was seven. And most historians would agree 
that Alvin Kelly is the father of pole sitting. I'm not going to say he invented it, but he definitely made it mainstream. Now, if you're wondering, pole sitting is exactly what it sounds like. A person climbs up a towering pole, usually somewhere very public, and then stays there for as long as they can. It's all about setting time records. So in 1924, Kelly was hired by a local Hollywood theater to sit on a pole outside the theater for as long as he was willing to get publicity for a new movie that was coming out. And he ended up staying up there for 13 hours and 13 minutes. And the papers printed stories about it, and that was it. His career took off. He started touring city to city, and that is how he ended up in Louisville, Kentucky. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I did a keyword search with Alvin Kelly's name in the newspapers.com database and found several articles spanning from the 1920s to the 1950s, many of which were from the Courier Journal. So most of the information I'm gonna give you is straight from the CJ archives, which it's like so fun for me. I, I could read through old newspapers all day. So the first one I saw was from May of 1928 and the headline read, daredevil to stand on high pole here and it says expects to remain up until sunday and then box two rounds kelly was going to stand on a pole on top of the courier journal and the times building at third and liberty on top of the pole would be a 10 inch disc that kelly would stand on it sounds terrible doesn't it it sounds miserable um, but there were people doing it all over the country and yeah, Kelly would be standing 112 feet above the street, and he was going for a record. He wanted to break his own record and stay up there for 100 hours. And it was his idea to throw in a boxing match immediately after. That was kind of part of his um, stunt. So he would have a boxing match with a pugilist. I learned a new, re uh, new word researching this episode. Professional boxer, pugilist. So, of course, this stunt had to be sponsored, right? That's the whole reason he did this. So, this one was going to be sponsored by the Courier Journal and the Times. It was also sponsored by Old North State Cigarettes, which was manufactured by Brown and Williamson, which was opening a brand new factory at 16th and Hill. So, it's sponsored by the paper and the cigarette company. Quote, The proposed stunt, experts in that line say, is one of the most difficult ever attempted, and it overshadows such things as endurance automobile drives and ordinary flagpole sitting. Before deciding that he could stand on a flagpole, Kelly was a flagpole sitter and sat out the world's record at Newark, New Jersey. The article goes on to further introduce Shipwreck Kelly to Louisville readers. 
Um, it said he'd been a stunt double in 21 movies. He was a parachute jumper and served in four navies during World War I, the American plus the French, Russian, and English. And it described one of his previous stunts where he sat on a flagpole that was mounted on top of an airplane that was quickly accelerating. And I get the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. So this article, it says, quote, Kelly is not a suicidist, but a physical culturist and keeps in condition by simple rules of health. He, he endorses smoking and puffs at cigarettes while doing his stuff. He plans to take a carton up the flagpole with him. In explaining his remarkable endurance, Kelly declared that it is due to trained nerves. He has trained his nervous system, he says, until things which would set another man wild do not bother him. So there you have it, folks. Just climb up a pole and smoke a carton and you'll be good to go. <laughs> um, so another CJ article was printed the next day, quote, Daredevil contented standing on pole in 100-hour attempt. Quote, thousands on streets and in windows watch man on lofty perch. Every window of downtown Louisville provided a reserved seat for an interested and skeptical group of spectators, some outfitted with field glasses, while thousands on streets below opened their collars so necks could be craned easier. This article goes on to talk about how much Shipwreck Kelly had said he liked Louisville, he liked the city, and he was enjoying it from 100 feet above with coffee, orange juice, and the paper, and his cigarettes, of course. Um, he would do liquid diets while he was up on poles, no solid foods. Um, if he was doing shorter stints, he would mostly just have coffee, orange juice, or tea. If he was going for something really long, he would do um, broth, like soups and stuff. But that was it. And they had some sort of pulley system to get him supplies. And I'm sure he had to relieve himself, right? So I'm guessing he did that in some kind of bucket. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> the other thing is, he can't sleep up there. So he goes sleep deprived for 100 hours at a time. That seems like the sketchiest part of it to me. Quote, in the distance, the huge clock on the Colgate plant across the Ohio River laboriously clicks off the minutes from his 100-hour endeavor, while Kelly unconcernedly waves to tiny specks below and watches individuals with upturned heads collide with each other. They sent up a pen and paper for him to write a message to the people watching, and here's what he wrote. Quote, To my dear reader, I'm well aware of the fact that what goes up must come down, but I've got 95 hours, 44 minutes, and 17 seconds to wait before I see myself on terra firma. Just why I'm up here are several good reasons. One of them, of course, is to call the attention of the public to the fact that Old North State cigarettes have no effect on one's physical self and to prove same beneficial to one's nerves. I'm to stay here 100 hours and prove to my readers and audience what the human body can stand when one learns how to live. I've spent in the last seven American cities 
429 hours standing on a 10-inch disc, and on each occasion, on returning to terra firma, I was physically well. That is why I box, to prove to my audience that I am so. So, yeah, this guy was pretty hardcore. I feel like he would have been friends with Wim Hof and, like, the biohacker crowd of the 21st century. He'd be that guy. Uh, They do, like, nicotine enemas and stuff. Shipwreck would be into that. I'm almost positive. (laughs) So, um, the, the folks who put this stunt together, they really did a great job from a marketing perspective because this is May, right, in Louisville. So Shipwreck is up on that pole during the 54th running of the Kentucky Derby. So they sent up a racing form for him to fill out, and he placed his bets. He said he'd only ever bet on one horse before. That was in New Orleans, and he made $70 that day, which is a pretty good chunk of change in 1920s money. Uh, He wasn't as lucky in 1928. His picks were Misstep, Jack Higgins, and Sunbow for the trifecta. And he chose Sunbow because it had been raining pretty much nonstop so far while he was up on the pole, so he had uh, bad weather. Misstep finished second, Jack Higgins fourth, and Sunbow 11th. So he didn't win any money. Uh, Ray Count won the Derby that year. That horse was owned by the founder of the Yellow Cab Company in Chicago, and the jockey was Chick Lang. But... It was a great little added bit of publicity for Shipwreck to be able to bet on the Derby. People were excited about that. People were excited about him. Um, They started sending him letters and poetry. They'd write songs about him. He had a lot of female pen pals, Um, but he was married, I should mention. He was married to a girl from Dallas, Frances Vivian Kelly. But um, he had admirers. And he, he actually said that people needed to stop writing him such bad poetry. He was a smart guy. He was witty. He read a lot. And uh, I guess he was getting sent some pretty bad stuff because he said, quote, he hopes they take pity on him and don't send any more bum poetry while he's in such a bad position to retaliate. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. So... By the 19th of May, he was well over halfway done with his pole stand, and they had a big plan for him when he came down. The cigarette company had arranged with the Jefferson Post of the American Legion to have Shipwreck appear on Sunday afternoon at the Jefferson County Armory. He would give a quick talk about physical fitness and what it's like to be up on the pole. And they would pay admission. You'd have to pay 50 cents for adults and 25 cents for children. And of course, free cigarettes would be supplied to the audience. So he did it. He broke his record. And he had bad weather almost the entire time. Rain, wind, lightning storms even. I think he came down on May 20th. It may have been late the 19th, um, late in the afternoon. I'm pretty sure it was the 20th. Anyway, uh, the Courier-Journal said there were about 75,000 people in attendance to watch him come down and finish breaking his record. The streets were jammed. Traffic was backed up. Huge deal. People were cheering, throwing their hats up in the air. Pandemonium. 
Quote, In the meantime, admirers stood about looking on respectfully and almost afraid to speak or touch him. The man had acquired a magical air. He was superhuman. There had been endurance feats before, and men had been known to keep awake for 30 hours, 40 hours, even 50 hours. But who ever heard of 100 hours on top of a flagpole? It was baffling, inconceivable. Shipwreck Kelly, accompanied by a Louisville police bodyguard, was escorted to the WHAS studio. He gave a quick speech and then was taken right back out. Quote, coming out of the studio, he was besieged by a throng full of joyous women, some of whom cried for the thrill of meeting him face to face. Several threw their arms about him and uttered those delightful little squeals that denote the most intense human emotion. I think the writers got a little carried away there. Now, this is all happening before he goes to the boxing match at the armory. I'm not sure if I was clear there. He gets down off the roof, he goes into WHAS, and then he comes out and he's like, I need a bath. So he goes, I'm guessing, to a hotel, I don't know which one, um, and his two assistants come out to bring him a fresh suit. But there's kind of a weird moment here, and I want to read you the full quote. (laughs) Quote, There stood Kelly, before the eyes of his bodyguards, the press, and a few close friends, sans a stitch of clothing. His sunburned face was like a red apple atop a white pole. A full set of well-knit muscles stood out and rippled with every movement. His body is clean-cut and fine, smooth and symmetrical. The policemen marveled, his friends marveled, the Louisville press marveled, Everyone was speechless to think that human will, human brawn, and human intelligence could outwit, outlast, and disregard at any one time so many preachings. That's in the paper. It's a little steamy, if you ask me. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, he took a limo to the armory, surrounded by police for protection, because there were mobs of people trying to get close to him. And then... Once inside, there were about 5,000 people there to hear him speak and to watch the boxing match. So um, Jackie Dugan went up on stage with him, and I tried to find out a little more about this character. Um, He was a popular local pugilist. His real name was George Raymond Dugan, and he, uh, but he went by Jackie Dugan, and he had an active boxing career from like 1921 to 1933. Um, and he's in the papers a lot during that time. He, he was a good boxer. He was in the featherweight class. I read in one article he was like 126 pounds. Um, and he was from Portland. He was from the West End. So anyway, that's who Shipwreck would box. Quote, Shipwreck delivered a few good blows that sent shocks of surprise through the onlookers. few days later, Shipwreck said that he would come back to Louisville for another stunt. As he was leaving on a train headed for Memphis, he said, quote, In three weeks, I'll return and show Louisville some airplane stunts, such as riding atop a pole eight feet above a flying wing. Um, I also found this short little blurb in the paper that I thought was cute enough to share. It's from a week after Shipwreck was in Louisville. 
quote, an epidemic of flagpole standing that has swept Louisville since the advent of Alvin Shipwreck Kelly has found another convert in Richard Bone, 15 years old, 1821 Wilson Avenue, who put in Wednesday on top of a 14-foot flagpole in his yard. Richard entertained his audience with cornet solos rendered in his best style. He also removed his shoes and stockings, but replaced them after due parental persuasion. He started his stand at 7.45 o'clock Wednesday morning. I just thought that was cute. You know, all the little 1920s kids went up and tried to do their stunts after they saw the old man do it. So um, Shipwreck did come back to Louisville in June of 1928, and he brought his wife and his son. But I don't think he actually did his stunt until July, and this would be something new and different. Quote, Kelly has signed a contract to stand on the upper wing of an airplane while the plane makes a complete loop, hang by his toes from the landing gear, and transfer from a car in motion on the track to the plane by means of a rope suspended from the cockpit of the plane. No thank you. So the cool thing about this was uh, it was part of an auto rating event. He was doing publicity for this car race. Um, It was a 25-mile car race, and shipwreck was a, quote, extra added attraction. Later in July, he did a 100-hour flagpole sit in Lexington atop the Lafayette Hotel, which was still pretty new at the time. I think it was just built in 1920. And then after he came down from that, he boxed a few rounds again. So he's spending a lot of time in Kentucky. Um, One of the things that's really concerning shipwreck during this time period is prohibition. He was not a fan. (laughs) And in 1932, he found himself in Boston. Quote, Alvin Shipwreck Kelly, flagpole sitter, announced before mounting a flagpole on a theater building today that he would not come down until real beer was legalized in the United States. (laughs) And then one day later, another article comes out and it says, quote, Kelly convicted of being a nuisance. He got arrested. They arrested him in Boston. He pled guilty to the charge of being a common nuisance, and he got six months of probation. Uh, The cops said, you know, he caused a traffic jam. It was too much trouble. We had to arrest him. So he, uh, he gets in a little trouble in 1932. By April of 1933, he was back in Louisville, and the headline read, quote, Endurance athlete back in Louisville, to celebrate return of beer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. So this time in Louisville, he stood on a beer keg that was fixed to the top of a pole rising 62 feet above the Gaiety Theater, uh, which was a building on Jefferson Street. The Gaiety Theater was a popular venue for burlesque shows, and Shipwreck was actually a feature in a couple of these shows. 
The theater was badly burned in 1936, and afterwards it was razed and a parking lot was built on the site. But three years before the fire, Shipwreck was on top of that theater on a beer keg celebrating the return of legal beer. The last record I have of Shipwreck spending time in Louisville is in 1934. And unfortunately, it's an article about him being robbed. So I guess that could be why he doesn't come back after that. Someone stole his suitcase, which had all his clothes and a scrapbook that he kept all of his newspaper clippings in and photos and, you know, a bunch of his ephemera. The weird thing about this article, about this robbery, is that he was robbed while he was sleeping in his car why was he sleeping in his car? He was on 5th Street between Walnut and Liberty. Um, he was famous. He had money. It's weird. I, I don't know. But that is the last mention of him in Kentucky. And things kind of go downhill for him after that. In 1942, he was painting a flagpole in New Jersey. He was just five feet off the ground, but he fell and went to the hospital with, quote, three broken ribs, and a red face. Now, Wikipedia says that Shipwreck died after being hit by a car, but I think that's kind of wrong. I found multiple newspaper articles from the 1950s that report he had a heart attack. Um, He actually had two heart attacks leading up to this major one. And the story of his death is kind of sad, and I hate to leave you with a little sad, but this is what happened. Pole sitting went out of fashion later in Shipwreck's life. The demand for his stunts decreased. He lost popularity. Um, The stock market crashed right as he was really growing momentum, so people weren't going to pay to see his stunts like they could before. Um, At the time of his death, his wife had already been dead for a while. His son was overseas, so he was alone. He'd been living in a rooming house, poor and in bad health. Um, so he collapsed just a few doors down from his home out on the sidewalk. Um, one article said he, he was having a heart attack and he kind of rolled out into traffic. So maybe he got hit by a car and that's what ultimately killed him. And that's why Wikipedia says car accident. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But, um, when police recovered the body, he was found with another scrapbook with all of his newspaper clippings under his arm. So he was still carrying something like that around all those years later. It's, I think it's kind of sad. But a reverend was nearby and was able to rush over to administer last rites. And he was buried at Long Island National Cemetery in Farmingdale, New York. And if 1893 was the right birth date for him, that would make him 59 years old when he died. Since I mainly focused on his time in Louisville, I did just want to mention some general information about his life. Um, He spent 312 hours on top of a hotel in Newark. He spent 22 days on top of a pole in Madison Square Garden during a dance marathon in 1927. And he stayed on a pole for 49 days on Atlantic City's steel pier. 
49 days is forever. His fees ranged from $100 to $500 a day, and that was to be paid by whoever hired him for publicity, so people like the Courier-Journal or the tobacco company. I'm not sure if an actual city ever paid him to be there. Um, it's possible. He toured at least 28 cities. Um, but by 1934, his pole-sitting career was pretty much over. He was working as a gigolo at a Broadway dance hall, um, and his last big public appearance was for a donut company in Manhattan, and it was for National Donut Dunking Week. So he went up on a pole on top of a building where he ate 13 donuts that were dunked into a coffee cup, and they were fed to him while he stood on his head on the pole. So, what a way to go out. Um, after that, during World War II, he served in the U.S. Merchant Marine, and in all, it's believed that he sur survived, gosh, five shipwrecks, two airplane, and three automobile accidents without injury. And when they went through his belongings after his death, they found a duffel bag filled with ropes and flagpole sitting gear in case any fresh jobs came along. And that is the story of Alvin Shipwreck Kelly. I am super out of breath. That is terrible. I hope I didn't sound too bad, you guys. Um, you probably noticed I had to break this up into several little tiny segments because I had to catch my breath or cough or something. Um, that's... Sorry. I, I wanted to get this out for Christmas. I wanted you guys to have a little Christmas episode. So, um, happy holidays no matter what you're celebrating, even if you're celebrating nothing at all. It's just a nice time of year to be cozy and reflect on what you're grateful for and go into the new year with some energy and spunk and... That's my plan anyway. Um, I'm really grateful for you all. If you saw like the Spotify year wrapped or whatever, I had a lot of growth this year as far as listeners and that's um, really humbling and flattering and uh, I love doing this. I wish I could do it more often. Um, it's, you know, if I could do it full time, I would. Um, so thank you for listening and sharing it with your people. If you haven't already left a review, that, that could be your Christmas gift to me. Um, you can leave a review on Apple or leave a rating on Spotify. Um, and if you have a suggestion for a topic, as always, you can send an email to kyhistoryhaunts at gmail.com. Thank you all so much. Uh, happy holidays and happy new year. <laughs>